right. Joe, congratulations, we did it. Congratulations. Uh, we'll just pat each other on the back here. Um, but this is season two, the finale, episode 12, and we thought it'd be good to just have you and I and not have a guest Yeah. Uh, for the day. It's not like we had a scheduling problem and nobody would be on our podcast <laughs> with us. <laughs> it's never, never the case. And also, um, we have a whiskey. So, cheers. Yeah, cheers to you. How about that? Congratulations on two seasons of one of the weirdest podcast ideas anyone's had yet. It's true. Um, but yeah, so... Mm, yeah, what is that? <laughs> uh, the It's the Woodford Reserve. Well... They're not a sponsor. In fact... But they could be. No one is. <laughs> Should we talk about that right away? But yeah, actually, uh, you know what? You guys that are listening have the opportunity to, to sponsor because we're now set up on anchor.fm. If you go to our... Uh, podcast page there um you will see that there's a button you can press now that says i want to support this podcast and so you can do that um and the cool thing about it is you can you know give a dollar you can give you know if, if you're conor mcgregor and you want to just chip in just something you're not going to notice you can just do like five grand or something <laughs> um but uh but yeah so if you just go to anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast you'll see a button that says support this podcast um and when you click on that you will see uh, options for a monthly contribution and literally you can do it for 99 cents and we figure we're getting you know several hours of content a month that might be you know it'd just be nice to sort of see uh you know some energy coming back because if we can get like right. you know if if Imagine how rich we would be if we just got, just say, one million people to give one dollar. Right. Then we would make a million dollars a month. Right. And so, you know. Imagine how many hours of podcasting that would buy. <laughs> For a million dollars a month. For a million dollars a month, we could get, we could get anybody to come well, on this podcast because we could just say, hey, we'll, yeah. we'll, grease, we'll grease the wheels a little bit. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> we'll have celebrity guests and we will do the podcast in your shower Something like it doesn't like matter that. yeah yeah that's another thing too i mean really i don't know how that works how the how the support thing works but you know if if you know what if somebody wanted to use that as like a way to like introduce a sponsorship or something like that i'd be interested in talking about that if it, well, something we wanted to like have you know sort of like underwriting the podcast that'd be interesting yeah yeah well we've done zero work on um real like any real concerted promotion or or anything and just letting sort of it get out into the universe and uh, i'm real happy with like sort of where we are and i'm mm -hmm. thrilled that people are listening um, you know what we've done, Brian? We've worked on making a good podcast. That's what we've been worried about. <laughs> well, I don't know what the rest of these kids are doing, but we got a goddamn good podcast here, and there's a reason why. Well, let's not say it's good yet. Let's just, let's just say it's, 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 it's going all right. But no, I mean, it's just There's been, 24 of them. We can say that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, so, uh, you know, and we have often, uh, I don't think over time what's happening, too, is that people are starting to kind of get what we're doing. At the same time, we are starting to kind of get what we're doing. And so... Um, the coolest thing is just getting feedback from, you know, from people that basically say it's of some value to them, you mm -hmm. know, or it helps them in some way or it has been entertaining or enlightening in some way. I mean, that's massive. I mean, for even just one person to, to listen all the way through to 
any of these things and get anything out of it is really fantastic and it makes me feel uh, almost as warm and fuzzy as this whiskey mm. or that Whoa. train operator feels hopefully not with that's whiskey. a real train that's outside outside our podcast studios here in the nation's neighborhood in nashville tennessee mm. so um but yeah so you know again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast and there's an app too but anyway and there's a lot of cool things you can do if you actually have that app you can leave us voice messages and there's all kinds of other stuff that people can do to interact with what we're doing um but like i said we just haven't really been talking about it very much but Mm -hmm. we're just going to sort of launch that right away and just say look you know if you get any value out of it that's awesome but we're not going to make this some annoying fucking pledge drive either uh, so anyway, moving on from that, uh, we just got done uh, watching the the Conor McGregor, um, Khabib Namagametov uh, pod or um, podcast uh, podcast. They have, new, they have a new podcast. <laughs> God, that would be the worst podcast ever. <laughs> be the best. <laughs> they would just have to be. It wouldn't be mixed very well because they'd be <laughs> yeah, talking over right. each other completely. They have to edit the shit out of it. <laughs> but anyway, but you know, like that's it's you know. When people sort of ask, you know, what's your podcast or whatever, you know, we say it's the Art Fight podcast and, well, okay, well, what is that? Well, we talk to a lot of different kinds of people. Um, we talk to artists, we talk to uh, any kind of creatives, we talk to uh, martial artists, and sometimes those martial artists have a real creative background um, and we can kind of tie creativity and uh, artistic um, sort of um, conversation out of their martial arts experience as well as their art experience mm-hmm. and then vice versa you know we can talk to um, you know uh, we, we, you know, we'll talk to creatives or, or musicians or people that have no background and it doesn't really matter it's not this is not an MMA podcast this is not a martial arts podcast and uh, at the same time it is uh, because we keep correlating it back to that and I think that uh, you know, and so oh, by the way, um, thanks for the people that uh, sent in questions for today. Pretty cool. Um, some of them were complete, uh, as Khabib would say, number one bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but very entertaining, just bullshit, uh, hilarious questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also got some very insightful and some very good ones. So anyway, we we sort of we sort of put out the message earlier that we were doing our last episode of the season today, and, and a bunch of people responded because we sort of uh, annoyingly were you know tooting our horns all day. But anytime anybody you know wants to interact with us vis a vis. Um, say Twitter at Art Fight Podcast on Twitter or at Those Drones, which is Brian's account, or at Mighty Joe Nolan, which is my account. If you have, I mean, we would love uh, to have questions to talk about every week. So Or topic suggestions or yeah, whatever. We're cool yeah, with that. Or I mean, guest suggestions, anything. Yeah. Um, or just like, you know, recipes or recipes. Uh, bad first date stories. Or, yeah, yeah. Or like, do, have you heard of a website called Arrowids Vault? No. Arrowids Vault is a website where, where people um, write, they basically um, go under whatever category of drug they've done and they write down what their experience was so you can go there and read about all these different weird exotic drugs what their experiences are so you could give us one of those if you want <laughs> that we don't necessarily talk about on the podcast but maybe <laughs> one thing at a time so, uh, so um, I'm going to do an Earwoods vault about this whiskey in about 20 minutes yeah so, so ultimately what we've been learning as we've been doing this is that um, the, you know, uh, there's something that kind of gets revealed as you just sort of charge in a direction. And I think that that applies to really any creative pursuit, anybody that I've ever uh, related to creatively or artistically and had conversations around this, you know, it's, it's often the same 
philosophy, you know, where uh, anybody that's doing anything that's especially good at what that is, they just had to set off in a, into a direction that was potentially or ostensibly towards that and, you know, uh, hit all the bumps and, and just go through the work. There's no mystery to, I think, you know, I think people try to make it more complicated than it is. Um, so, so it's just cool to, um, you know, for, you know, you and I to sort of like set out on this thing and go, okay, we think that we have like an interesting fold here in the way that we relate because we're both sort of members of the sort of Nashville art community in various capacities um, and have accomplished a lot of different things and also still want to accomplish a lot of things. And, um, you know, we have this kind of uh, overlap with, you know, admiration uh, for for combat sports and mm-hmm. and and that puts us in a weird position at a lot of cocktail parties because we're around a, like a, what do you, uh, you know libs you know <laughs> or whatever um, which I, I think I'm probably so lib that I'm beyond lib uh, but yeah, anyway I am <laughs> but, like I you know without going full circle into that whole uh, toilet bowl of thinking um, basically. Uh, uh, you know, we always found ourselves at like different things, you know, uh, functions talking about all this stuff. And we're the only people that are even remotely caring about these, uh, you know, sort of fight events and various things. But it really just, it's not even about, so it's not about any one of these sort of areas of focus specifically, but just sort of, I, I just like that we picked two poles to sort of focus on in some way, but they're basically just put into a place where we can kind of, uh, see what reverberates back and forth right um and just by take just by choosing a point of view and then being observant and uh and then just participating and putting energy into something you start mm-hmm. to see sort of what naturally sort of is revealed or comes out of it and um you know i i think that this whole thing so far has been um uh, a really good exercise um for me um because i i think that it forces more cognition and awareness of what I'm doing in my in my own pursuits, mm-hmm. um, while also allowing me to be perhaps more social than I would probably be otherwise, and 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 be able to have these logged, recorded, documented, meaningful conversations with an amazing array of uh, humans that do a lot of really great things. So I'm 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 just real happy with 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 all of that um mm-hmm. and then there's also that sort of non-cozy feeling of like okay well what's next mm-hmm. and i think we've got a lot of interesting ideas for sort of how we can grow it but the idea is that we've got footing and that things are happening and we feel good about it yeah and i think i mean for me the biggest thing that i you know it's sitting here brian with you drinking this fine whiskey looking back you know taking a moment to reflect on this <laughs> two seasons i really the thing that that most um that I'm, you know, whatever. The biggest takeaway for me is the fact that, um, that if anything, we've discovered that we're not alone. You know what I mean? And and I've realized that. I mean, even guests that we've had on have had revelations about. Oh well, I used I wrestled for years, and of course, my wrestling, you know, plays a part in my art practice. Mm-hmm. You know, and all this stuff. So if, if anything, I think we've realized that our own intuitions about this sort of overlap between. You know, like we say a lot, the fight to make great art and the great art in fighting. Um, I think that that we've realized that it's like 
that that really is a thing. There really is a territory here and we're mapping it out and we're finding lots of people who understand the overlap or or come to understand it in the process of us all talking about it. And for me, the biggest the biggest thing about it is at the end of the day, the podcast is about creativity. You know what I mean? Whether that's about choking somebody unconscious or getting a new exhibition or making a new record. Like it's just it's all about um, you know, creativity and growth and, and, uh, and everybody wants to talk about that and everybody's, you know, anybody that I want to be around anyway is interested in that and wants to learn more and, and, um, and, uh, become better at whatever it is they're doing. So, um, so I think that's, that's the, the number one thing that we've been able to do here is sort of, again, map that ter- territory a little bit better than, than we understood it when we began. Yeah. And again, I think, I think, um, just choosing two things to look at to do sort of comparison contrast or understand how those things relate or don't relate it could be to anything you know it could, it could, it could have been something about like cooking and playing horseshoes or I don't know like yeah just, just uh, <laughs> okay that would be a tougher <laughs> sell I'm probably. trying to think of the title of that <laughs> <laughs> so um, foodie shoe <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's, I, I, there's something about the idea you know the idea of having uh, dual efforts or multiple things going on. And I think that there's inherently um, a struggle that people feel between dualities in their lives in some way, right? Because you either got like some boring day job or you're having to be two different people all the time or whatever it is, but you've got to find ways to make those things inform the other and bleed the lines between those things that maybe so that you can have a less compartmentalized uh sort of way of being mm-hmm. um so uh and with that you know like i know that the uh we've got this is nashville so we have singer songwriters just running around in the street yeah, singing their li- songs literally just at the door singing yeah <laughs> um and while we do support all creativity <laughs> um no one else needs to move to nashville with a guitar and a dream it's <laughs> like it doesn't need to happen like we're we're full they should have like some sort of like a, a waiting list yeah and like thin the herd a little bit no um okay maybe i'm a nihilist but anyway so uh you know the the fight piece of it you know again is is something where people that uh people have objections to it or don't understand it or don't like it mm-hmm. and i understand completely you know um you know i've definitely gone through a you definitely do get desensitized to just the sheer I guess violent sort of nature of of human combat, um, but once you start to understand all the nuances, just like anything, uh, then things begin to make more sense. And also these worlds of conceptual thinking and uh, all this sort of open up. So even if you're not a participant in the martial arts, I think to just observe and see what's going on uh, and see how people uh, adapt or um, how they form new. Um, kind of more resolute ideas about you know what they're doing or mm-hmm. they'll they'll double down on maybe their roots and where they come from versus you know trying something completely new and getting outside of themselves and yeah. those kind of philosophical sort of uh, that kind of tapestry I think it's just infinitely relatable to to just life and what people are doing. So I find it really interesting, and I guess maybe that's a good segue to the first uh, question that we got um, today when we put the word out. Um, and you know, I think, uh, you know, so, uh, this is coming from 
from Georgia, and she uh, sent us a Charles Bukowski quote, and she said, um, uh, should I read the quote first? Uh, and I'll just read what she said. She just said, I thought of you all when I, when I read this quote, and I also, you know, she's basically saying, uh, and my other conscious friends who like uh, the UFC, or, you know, she just means mixed martial arts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you, where does the art of it begin and where does it end? And so I'm just kind of, before we get into the question, um, I'm going to read the Bukowski quote. Um, uh, I'm always I'm always leery of like any internet meme looking quotes because I'm half the time it's like that yeah. motherfucker didn't say that right. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever but anyway yeah um, so Charles Bukowski supposedly said according to Instagram <laughs> uh, but I this seems authentic uh, it says uh, style is the answer to everything a fresh way to approach a dull or dangerous thing to do a dull thing with style is preferable to doing a dangerous thing without it. <laughs> to do a dangerous thing with style is what I call art. Boxing can be an art. Loving can be an art. Opening a can of sardines can be an art. Not many have style. Not many can keep style. Style is the difference. A way of doing. A way of being done. And so, uh, thanks Georgia for that. And she basically is asking, so, if, if she's kind of just saying like, if okay, fine, so there's art in this, but where does it begin and where does it end um i certainly have my own thoughts about it but i'm far more interested in yours joe i don't know it's it's interesting the concept of where does it begin and where does it end i like the idea that a dangerous thing done with style is art like that sounds that sounds close like you say a dangerous thing done with style i think about muhammad ali i think about conor mcgregor i think about habib Nurmagomedov, who you know, even though he's not going to throw any, you know, spinning wheel kicks, he certainly has a tremendous style to what he does, and uh, it's more like the the style of an avalanche, you know, yeah. as opposed to like a dragon. You yeah. know, what so I mean? he has a very agile thousand-pound bag of rocks. Yeah, 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 with hands, with, the, hands. with the hands that don't let go. But, um, uh, but yeah, so so I, I think there's something to be said about that. You know, that it, that it, that it's about you know, style like that. To some degree, it's it's the same art that you can see when you watch the Olympics, for instance, and you just see people doing something with their bodies and their minds um, at the f- highest level possible. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, to me, that's really one of the things that I like about it is just that you are looking at the best people in the world doing these things. and mm. And if you're interested in the martial arts to begin with, and if you grew up during the time before this era of mixed martial arts, you 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 quickly knew, like from watching any kung fu movie or spending any time in a dojo of any kind, mm-hmm. you 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 learned the whole thing of like, oh my my master can beat your master, and my style will beat your style, and all this kind of stuff. Always that was always the thing, and there was always this idea of not you know, any different than like rap battles. How would we ever know? How would we ever know? And then yeah. they invented this sport where especially in the early days of the UFC, you know, it was literally that it's like, okay, let's put the fucking karate guy against the BJJ guy and let's see who wins, you know? And, and, and since then that evolution to me is just one of the most fascinating things I can, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine not 
being fascinated yeah. by that evolution. So, so, but like a like a, I don't want to say devil's advocate because her, you know her question is not George's uh, advocate. <laughs> George's advocate, not diabolical considerations. Yeah. Um, so, but it's it's violent. It's hurting people. So, how can that be acceptable uh, in society or culture? This is sort of well the it, sentiment. Yeah, I, I guess for me, it's like number one, I don't watch it because I want to see people get hurt. I never want to see anybody get hurt. If I never saw another drop of blood in an octagon for the rest of my life, it would not in any way diminish my interest in the sport. Right. Um, second of all, there clearly needs to be a line drawn, you know, in a situation where two people have agreed to put themselves in these dangerous circumstances. And that's kind of part of what I like about it as well is just that you can see these two people put themselves in these dangerous circumstances with one another, reap the whirlwind of what that actually means in the process. And then, and then at the end of it, you know, you wipe the blood out of your eye and there's a hug and there's a bow and that's the fight. You know what I mean? And, and it's not a personal thing. No one's trying to hurt anybody, but if I can kick you in the head and end the fight, I'm gonna, but you know, it's a, it's a different thing. Nobody nobody wants to cause lasting injury. Yeah. The the context is everything in a way. And, and to, and for whatever reason, I mean, just the violence of it doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? I think, I think that, I think what it gets down to is, is, um, it's sort of like, you know, there's just certain things that are imminent that none of us like, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, um, I don't want to be political, or whatever, right? But if you just, you know, like the conversation around something like abortion, mm-hmm. right? Um, nobody wants that. Nobody's advocating for like mass, uh, you know, like how do we get more abortions or right. something, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, no one's saying that, right? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I feel like, um, the culture and the society is in such a place where it's it's just going to be something that whether it's legal or not it's it's imminent it's going to happen and then if you think about the drug war you know it's it's mm-hmm. imminent and it's going to happen mm-hmm. you know like people are going to uh, be interested in there's always always going to be commerce around these things so right. um, or the will or, or so whatever it's so better then, for it to be above ground and regulated and everything else correct yeah and I think that there's a lot of things that you know people want to sort of I think that human beings want to think of themselves in an aspirational way as a whole as being greater or less animal uh, or more beyond uh, the sort of ape mind or whatever uh, than than what we really are and that's good like we that we're built to you know there's a reason why we want to colonize Mars or sure like what is this weird primordial thing that we have that just possesses everybody everybody you know nothing feels warmer and fuzzier than people when people say like I just want to have a better life for myself and my children and I want them to have more than I did yeah like but nobody ever questions what why I'm mm-hmm. not saying like you want your kids to do why is it not okay for your kids to do just as well as you, you did fine like why did, why is everything has to be better uh-huh. why do you have to have a bigger better more expensive or why do you have to like what is this weird yeah. sort of like fundamental tendency towards just an obsession with progress yeah yeah, uh, yeah. In, in some way and that and, and that becomes the driver for everything yeah. everybody wants a promotion nobody applauds anybody that says you know what I'm good right here yeah, like, and I don't, I'm, I don't want to change anything. Yeah. I don't want to move. Up. Everybody wants like the next thing. So, and that's all just remnants of these these inherent things that we are as humans, in my mind. And so, going back to sort of uh, the you know the the kind of fighting piece of it, it's like this is 
fighting is going to happen there are people that are wired to do this there's at least there's like a beautiful artful construct and a a lot of different artful beautiful constructs that people can choose as avenues to kind of go down and explore that more and people get different things out of it people get spiritual oneness or people get you know the idea that i'm an improved person or just that now i'm more capable of beating the shit out of somebody or yeah. like whatever it is there's gonna be yeah. all these sort or of it's different a, reasons it's a ticket out of out of an economic situation where there are no other tickets you right know what I, I mean and then look at look at football right or something right. right you look at these other things where people are being uh brutalized uh for profit or whatever and put through yeah. all the, you know it's there's still the, gonna happen people yeah. are still gonna play football so there's, what do you want to do yeah there's also the thing too of like you know it doesn't it you know no matter how you know uh, how virtuous that aspirational concept is or whatever which i think it is virtuous i think it is good i think we should be striving to be more than animals right but i would also say you're fooling yourself if when you start when you forget what what you actually are you know what i mean correct and and to me it's like you know you talk about being wired to do it guess what everybody's wired to do it everybody has a fight or flight response but most people don't want to have anything to do with that or even conflict they don't even want to be anywhere yeah Yeah, most people don't want to talk to their boss about a raise let alone watch two people fight for real you know what i mean right so so that's part of it i think for some people it's just it it upsets them because they just do not want to they don't want to be around that ever Mm -hmm. you know and i think but but at the same time like you know yeah uh, this lovely person that posed this question is not made of some utter fragility or, or oh no right so it's no. like so no, she just makes fun of us all the time yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so so I guess that you know I, I don't know I just there's no there's no ultimate answer other than just to say um, you know the the if if I had to answer like sort of where does the art begin and where does it end mm-hmm. I, I would say that on one hand I could sort of cop out and just say there is no beginning and there is no end this is part of some continuity that is beyond us and and you can try to like uh, put a milepost on it or or measure it in some way but like this is we're a speck in time and place and so like how do we you know how who's to say but to be more a little bit more specific and I think I understand probably what this was about is you know I think that she's kind of saying I can suspend my my sort of dislike for it enough yeah. to say you guys are conscious. I know other conscious sort of people, and I appreciate that. She's not saying we're woke. She's just saying we're conscious. <laughs> but uh, but you know, it's I like, appreciate the fact that she can not be into it, but and make fun of us for being into it. But at the same time, ultimately, can also have a conversation about it because that's all that matters. There's less of that in the culture than ever. It seems like yeah. you know, it's like. You don't. We can all disagree, but there's yeah. no reason to get upset about it, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, so I think if I was to talk about like sort of what, where I think it ends, you know, I think that um, for me, it's not about sort of. Uh, there's no end to like in terms of what happens competitively. There's there's no sort of. It's such an evolving thing that I, I don't see uh, where my taste for it or my mm-hmm. sort of desire to observe it or whatever um i am sort of a passenger on a bus that i'm not driving that is just going by this thing right like i yeah and so i can't i can't i'm not directly involved uh and that's not to absolve anything of my perceptions i'm just saying that i don't i don't who knows like you know so you know in terms of the the beauty of it is the evolution of it but at the same time uh, to be, you know, trying to drill down in this a little bit more, it's like, 
uh, I can definitely say that for me, you know, like we just watched this uh, this press conference, and it was ridiculous. You know, <laughs> like it, it's 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 got nothing to do with being a better person. It's got nothing to do with martial artists. Yeah, almost got, nothing to do with fighting, frankly. Nothing <laughs> do, almost nothing to do with fighting. And so, you know, it, and specifically when you're talking about like fight promotions and the commodification of right. violence and these kind of framed constructs, you know, for me where it kind of, like where I start to turn off, I think to some extent, is when it's just all about um, the show. Mm-hmm. And the more, and I can appreciate that this stuff in order, to, in, in order to have the pleasure to see some of these in, uh, amazingly talented people, you have to endure some weird mix of what sustains the commodity of it, right. and that's going to be an entertainment value and what's sellable and all these things. But I think that for me, where it ends is like uh, when, when uh, you know, or at least where it starts to have a rub for me, where I just feel like this is stupid uh is when the, the the sort of the theatrics or the words or the actions of of people that are supposedly martial artists are 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 in a just a ridiculous stratosphere of promotional bullshit mm-hmm. um that has nothing to do with anything i think it'd be so much more powerful if everybody was treating the other with like absolute honor <laughs> yeah. and respect from the from the inception yeah but that, that doesn't sell what sells is shit talking and right. theatrics and throwing things and saying a, the yeah. most absurd thing you can you know but really i mean that's the culture that's where we are that's not just a yeah. fighting promotion problem that's just like an anything problem like how do we how do we get trending how do we what you know, right so, like how do you reach that mass audience yeah. you know not just the nerdy people like you and i who are interested in the 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 noble path of the martial warrior you know which is literally how i feel about it but it's like yeah. it's not enough you know what i mean you yeah. can't you can't sell pay-per-views with that so that's where that's where i would say if, you know if, if something if there's a border or an edge to sort of where it ends with mm-hmm. me then then i think that's that's where it is and then it doesn't mean either that like i find it easy to go back and watch like the earliest days of uh you know I, like soccer kicks to the head and mm-hmm. punching people in the nuts and you know all these things like uh, yeah like there's a i, I can't yeah you know, I, I like i like that middle stage of some sort of refinement that it's been in um right. although it's kind of fleeting you know but like just the idea of there being a meritocracy right. the best fighter fights the best fighter it's not about just who sells the most right. tickets or whatever yeah we talked uh, about that earlier yeah so you know i i think that but anyway like hopefully that sheds some mm-hmm. some some light on that because uh, a lot of people feel like oh i can't be on this podcast or listen to this podcast because it's about yeah. something that's alien with, to me or something I don't agree with but it's like no I, I'm sure that you're you know you whoever imagined listener are into something that like I don't see any value in or mm-hmm. whatever but I still can appreciate um, objectively like what that quest or what that journey or what that, yeah you know it's like man I, you know I, I i don't look up like needlepoint websites but if you're a needlepointing yeah. person the struggle is real brian right <laughs> do, you know many, do you know how many times i've stabbed myself <laughs> trying to do this right you know right or whatever it is so i'm just a big fan of anybody just mm-hmm. being in absolute pursuit of of something because i mean i'll tell you right now like the, the thing that just drives me nuts more than anything the, the worst thing that anybody can ever say to me is uh i'm bored I just can't. Oh no, that's the worst. I, 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 I am positive that I've never been bored for a millisecond in my entire existence. <laughs> and I don't understand what that even means because I'm just 
um, alive and mm -hmm. perceiving things. So like, I and mean, perhaps we are the last generation of people that can just stare at a blank wall and not feel like uh, like a panic's coming on. Yeah, you know, like we can sit with ourselves on some basic level because we were grown. We grew up like that. Um, I'm not saying I enjoy that but there's no way that that's boring if anything like my inner dialogue of like why this yeah is such a profound boring situation <laughs> yeah. is makes it not boring right so i don't know anyway so hopefully that answers to some extent what, yeah. what the inquiry was there for my uh for my good friend barbara i wanted i i've as as i've heard you talk about this and as i've thought even more seriously about how Barbara deserves real answers to her real question. I want to, I want to just make the point specifically that, you know, like I'm talking about the evolution and stuff. And I think for me, the thing where it begins, and this is really why I'm pretty merciless about older fighters. Like, man, as soon as they even start to look like yesterday's news, it's yeah. like, I don't want to see him fight anymore. Yeah. I, not only just for their health, but just, I'm not interested. Yeah. And, and I'll still watch them and sometimes they'll surprise you and, and no offense to anybody, but, um, but, but I want to see, and this goes back to what we talked about with Ariel last week, right? I want to see innovation. I realize that's the thing that really excites me. And like, I think about the fighters that I'm really interested in right now. They're all innovative. They're all, and that's kind of a style thing, really, you yeah. know, that's ultimately expressed as in style, but there's, there's certain fighters right now who are bringing whole new skill sets and weapons and strategies and tactics into the octagon and into you know the other combat sports that I watch as well and 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 I want to see that I want to see the innovators because that's when you're seeing the edge of the evolution of the sport, sport as a whole so that that would be it for me I would say innovation you know you show me a guy or a lady you know who's who's been able to bring something new and interesting mm -hmm. to the to, to their journey that's turning into a challenging thing that's you know having an effect on the field um, I would I'm interested in that for sure yeah and there's also just like any sport ultimately is like the reflection of a culture and what a weird circus uh, mixed martial arts is because on one hand you've got people whose shtick is basically to just suck up to Donald Trump as much as possible and say as many controversial things <laughs> as possible like uh, Colby Covington you right these kind of uh, sort of PR hacks, you know, yeah. that they're sort of running and then, and just saying the most objectionable things or homophobic things or, you know, whatever, just stuff that does nobody any good, um, if, if, if only maybe themselves mm -hmm. uh, in some perverse way. But then on the flip side, it's like, you know, what an egalitarian, open, international, multicultural, global, um, you know, very accepted, you know, um, first openly gay female champion, you know, yeah. uh, you know, like just a lot of these other variables in play that are, so it's all, it's, it's just such an exacting microcosm of exactly the, the, the broader culture mm -hmm. in a way that is not, I don't want to say like theatricized, but nearly like, it's just sort of these weird sort of caricatures pop out of it that I think are interesting to note too so I think that just by focusing on anything that is um, uh, you know a sport in that way um, especially one that is global and not one that's just American um, you know yeah. um, with so many divergent um, paths of influence and all that you know I find it uh, just 
uh, you know, intellectually like super stimulating to sort of see how all those dynamics play out. So uh, I don't feel like I need to be sort of defensive about it, but I just know that, you know, if I'm working on music, um, I can definitely channel what I see um, other people doing in other areas of art or craftsmanship or anything yeah. and to be like, okay, why did what why did this uh particular fighter have this particular success after having so many struggles yeah. it's like oh because they went back to sort of their bread and butter and where they yeah. they sort of started and they kind of re-embraced sort of where they come from and they they perhaps had abandoned some of those things and got a little lost in the shuffle and got dazzled by some things and kind of got led down a path by some questionable coaching and people getting stretched outside of their natural bounds and then uh, the underpinnings of what they built is starting to fall apart. And so it's like, you know, I can think about those things just in, in, a, in a music construct or something sure. and just be like, oh, you know, like that's actually almost like Brian Eno sort of oblique strategies or something where it's yeah, like, absolutely. like, oh, that's an interesting, you know, I, f- I feel a commonality yeah. with that struggle because I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I'm employing some new piece of technology or some new thing to try to accomplish something I haven't done before. And while that sometimes is good, sometimes you got to like, say that there's a deadline or say that there's something like, you know, it's like get out of the weeds, get back to the basics, refocus, re-anchor yourself and do what you do and don't try to do anything more. And then you reevaluate your path and then you kind of set forth in that kind of notion. And then all of a sudden you're finding this success because, you know, so I don't know, everything is sort of interrelational. Yeah. Sometimes I, I feel, I feel very, I mean, I do a lot of different things and a lot of different media, but I also am very interested in lots of different stuff. And for me, I mean, it's like, I've learned so many lessons. I haven't really quite pinned this down yet, but I've learned so many things from disciplines other than my own discipline that have helped me so much with my own disciplines. And I think the mechanism that's at play there is that, like say for instance, I'm working on some recording or whatever, right? So it's like, well, I could be studying more about audio engineering or reading about this producer and how this record was made or whatever. But a lot of times, let's say I was reading about like how a director directed a film, right? Yeah. Well, to me, like that's, you know, what a director does when he's directing a film, that's kind of the better part of what a record producer is doing when they're making a record. You know what I mean? But I think there's something about the fact that you're reading about a different medium, uh, and you know people outside of that industry in a way where my perspective on the lessons they have is more objective is more objective i can understand the lesson i'm learning from this chapter in the martin scorsese book about how yeah. the struggle to make you know raging bull i can i can find the lesson in that much easier yeah. because i have no connection to it other than i love that movie and i love i love martin scorsese or whatever but but I, you know, I got nothing riding on you know on this at all. Correct. You know, and so uh, then I can see really objective. Yeah, it's super objective, and I can see I can see the the moral le- not you know the, you yeah. know my small m or whatever. But, you know, I get the, I understand like the the you know the struggle and how they overcame it in that context very clearly because I got no skin in the game. But then I can take that and go okay well how does that work over here when we're in the studio on Saturday and it's like oh okay so you know the musicians are the actors oh okay you know the, what, did you have a, what, what's, the, what's the screenplay well that's the songs we're recording you know what I mean and yeah. all of a sudden you can just sort of put it all together 
and you can see how you can apply the same principles in a different way because they're so recognizable outside of what you're doing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's something that certainly in fighting you get the same. You can definitely find the same lessons and then lift them out and put them anywhere you want. You know, in terms of anything you're doing with your life. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, and I've said this before, but it's like anytime I've met any of my sort of mega sort of you know idols you know when I was younger when I got the chance to meet you know Tony Williams or Elvin Jones or you know these legendary drummers uh, you know played with Miles Davis and John Coltrane mm. and that's how they spent their lives you know what do they have to say you yeah. know and keeping my ears wide open and my time around yeah. them and I just realized very quickly that these people do not talk about music mm. they talk about baseball they talk <laughs> about you know any number of film they talk about any number of other things and that variety of interest and all that I think is uh, native to to a lot of people that are very special or exceptional in, in their in their fields and and so to me I, I got a lesson early on that that it's okay to derive a lot out of you know or be informed by to be to not feel responsible for having the influence of what you're doing be so married to the modality or genre or mm-hmm. whatever you know uh, you know to like what is it what is good is it going to help you like how is it, how is it going to help you to just like I'm only going to talk to other people that are like me that are doing similar crafts as I'm doing I mean you have to do that on yeah. some level and that's great but I find a lot more value out of uh, going outside of my yeah, realms. Sure. Uh, and that's why I, I kind of enjoy being terrible at things and starting new yeah. things. Um, which maybe we should uh, segue into the next question that we got that was pretty awesome. Um, it's fun to have questions, guys. You guys got to hit us up more with some with some of your inquiries because it's fun to answer these. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, this question from Michelle um what is the greatest obstacle you face in the continuing or what is the greatest obstacle you face in continuing to create the art that you do currently? What is the greatest obstacle you face in continuing to create the art that you do currently? Um, there is a writer's night happening right next to us. There's um, a writer's so, night <laughs> happening outside. So uh, it's actually on the other side of this wall. I'm gonna find my cable. So there's the answer Play to that. You song. There's the most immediate answer to that <laughs> question, which is the greatest obstacle that we have is that there's a writer's night happening yeah. 12 feet from where we're rec- recording. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you there's a song the about a train. The greatest obstacle is I'm trying to find the pellet rifle. I bet, <laughs> I bet you there's a song about a train. <laughs> right in front of the real train get it yeah <laughs> so um so in order to okay what are the the biggest obstacles in what you're currently doing what would you say i would say man i would say the uh, you know i don't i don't know if i'd even call it a big obstacle so much as i'd call it like a broad obstacle <laughs> because it just seems like the ongoing obstacle, right, that that is just always present seems to be 
you know, keeping your practice sustainable, you know, and, and when I'm saying you, I'm not just talking about you, Brian, of course, I'm not talking about just the person listening at home and I'm not talking just about myself. I'm even talking about Mr. Martin Scorsese, who I've obviously read a few books about, but one of the things that, that you find, the more you study other artists and other disciplines and other, whatever, anybody in life, really, it doesn't really seem to ever matter how successful you get, how famous you get, how connected you get, how respected you get. At the end of the day, you've got something you want to do and it's a fucking struggle to get it done for everybody. You know, you hear Oliver Stone talk about, oh yeah, we were going to make that movie and then all the funding fell through for the third time and I got this other thing came up and that worked out right away so we made that movie instead. And it's like, mm. man, oh man, like you could be the most successful director in the world and you still got to struggle to get the money to make your film. You know what I mean? You could have one of the weirdest, strangest podcasts in the world and you got to, you know, come to your listeners and say you have a campaign to raise some funds so we can keep doing it. You know what I mean? So I feel like it doesn't matter what level you're at, that challenge never goes away. If anything, it's always if, there. If anything, it becomes greater. Yeah. It because comes, the stakes yeah. get higher. Right. The, you know, you're... Imagine being somebody that's on the level of, of Scorsese. You know, it's like, yeah. think about how many, how much bullshit you have to sort out to even understand fact from fiction in yeah. in your Good world. Point. Like you have all these people that are just saying, that's a great idea. Or, and it's just everybody's rolling dice and gambling millions and millions of dollars on whether or not just you're going to make this or not Because you're a commodity at some point and not yeah. even like a, so I don't know, like a, a I would imagine that these are good skills to hone, not like sort of until you make it, but you know, or whatever just you want. all the time. Just, yeah. And, and fuck, yeah. fuck the concept of like making it. Yeah. I, I hate the whole, if, if you're struggling to make your art, you've made it. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good you, luck. If you, woke, <laughs> if you woke up today and had like five minutes to even have a free thought without worrying about yeah. starving or dying or having flies buzz around your head, you're yeah. pretty good. I think that's really the truth. It's like, if you've gotten yourself into a position where you're really actually spending your time and energy working on a creative project and, and you have no idea how the fuck you're going to do it. That's that's it. You're exactly where Martin Scorsese is yeah. right now. You're exactly in the same spot. Smaller scale, you yeah. know, <laughs> smaller audience probably, but you guys have the exact same problem. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just how it is. So, and that's okay. I mean, that's fine. Once you realize that, then, then I mean, to me, the thing to learn at that point is to say, well, what's your greatest asset? Your greatest asset should be your your curiosity, your creativity, your ability to solve problems, which is all art is anyway. And then, you know, maybe you can take some of those resources and put them on that problem. You know what I mean? What's the creative way around this? What's the creative way to get more eyes on this? You know, it's, you know, send out a press release. That's not totally creative. You can do that, but maybe there's a better way that'll, that'll get more attention on your thing. And maybe that'll attract more funding or however it works. But I just think, I think that's always the challenge. You know, so what I you mean? were, you were saying sustainability. So, I mean, obviously economics play a part in that, but more, you were kind of getting to something else there. Um, so like in the immediate, in the immediate projects that you have, what would be like a more specific, like a um, barrier or um, challenge that you're having? I don't really know that I'm having any besides that. <laughs> you know what I Everything's mean? just going, everything's yeah. coming up roses for I Joe. mean, in terms of my actual creative output right now, it feels pretty damn good. Mm. It feels pretty good. Um, but, um, 
Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like I'm in a weird place right now where I'm trying to grow a few things like to like the next level, um, but I don't feel like the challenge of that. I guess the challenge of that, more specifically, is the challenge of sort of like the administrative part of being an artist and like kind of how that's a, it's hard to deal with because it's not a skill set that I feel as at ease with yeah. as I you know if you said go steal that guy's guitar and write a song right now I, I'm on it I'm if on said, it right if it said I'm on it like gravy take this, <laughs> yeah. take this guy's financial statements yeah, and, yeah, and, exactly. and do his taxes yeah 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 that's a whole other thing yeah, yeah 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 and so it's like working out things like you know applying for grants and, and uh, you know submitting my work to like you know possibly be in exhibitions and all that kind of stuff or you know whatever dealing with you know uh, potential people who might or might not buy a photograph that kind of stuff yeah. like all that stuff is cool that to be dealing with it but all that stuff is also like sort of like it feels a little bit like I'm in a swamp because if I, if I don't do this stuff then at least for to the way it looks right now it's like if I do these things and they're successful then I can be doing these things on a higher level with with more resources with more opportunities blah 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 but in the meantime you have to actually do them and if anybody's ever tried to uh, apply for a grant <laughs> you know it's yeah. like it's kind of like fighting Khabib you know yeah. what I mean it you, feels like somebody is pushing you into a fence yeah. and just punching you in the throat you know <laughs> while and talking it, shit about you to somebody yeah, else yeah, yeah 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 so it's 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 a very it's a very kind of it's a grinding so experience so when it comes to you know? when it comes to grant writing like if yeah. you were to like offer some tidbits of things you've learned to anyone else that's thinking about yeah. doing that in any capacity here's the, what would you here's tell here's the number one thing the number one thing and and it's better it's easier to do this if if you're dealing with something local right and you if you're just sort of getting into the world of grant writing i would recommend you know maybe work with an arts organization in your city or maybe your city itself has arts funding you can access <laughs> you can go make like all that. your shitty grant writing mistakes with some other entity <laughs> yeah yeah start the, but start start local because if you start local the the benefit that you've got is that you can find that person yeah. who's like the person who's like your point person for the grant right and then at that point what you need to do is you need to just like wrap your arms around their neck and just hang on them and do not let go until they walk you like a baby through the entire process yeah. of how this works what you're doing you should seek excessive amounts of assistance and help from that person for two reasons number one you want to build a relationship with this person because if this is successful you might be dealing with them again to do another grant later so it's not just a one-time thing you have to think about it as like five years from now is this person still in charge of these grants because i'm going to want a couple more right yeah. so build a relationship and just get that person to tell you everything about it here's the thing they want to give you the money they have to give you the money because they've got a budget and if they don't spend that budget by dispersing these funds that budget's not going to grow it's certainly not going to go it's going to go down if they don't do it so they want to give the money away and what you need to do is you need to find out you know okay there's 20 things I have to fill out on this grant and I guarantee you number 7 and number 11 are the only two that really matter but you don't know that until you get that person to mm -hmm. fucking reveal the secrets yeah. right and they will they'll be happy to but if you don't know that you're just going to fill this out and hope for the best and the truth is man there's always things where it's like this part here where you describe your your vision for this thing and this part here where you tell us specifically like how the public will benefit how or, the public will benefit right, or whatever yeah. it is you know or maybe this part here where you put in your resume like if you don't have this this and this we just will 
will not even consider you for this grant. It could be anything, yeah. but those, those pressure points are going to be in that grant and you got to get them, those people to tell you about it. And that's why, like I say, if you're doing something local and you can actually sit down with somebody and, and really build this relationship with them, it works better. So those are my secrets. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Given that knowledge up for free. Yeah. When uh, I'm happy to, yeah. I, if you if you like the, if if that not if you think that knowledge is going to help you get a grant, maybe you could support the Art Pipe <laughs> Art Fight Podcast at Anchor, <laughs> yeah, or the Art Pipe Podcast. Art Pipe Podcast. Yeah. This is great whiskey. <laughs> this whiskey is delicious. It's working. So, um, I guess for for me, it's getting a little watery. For me, <laughs> for me, I'm trying to think of, um, you know, I. I think one of the challenges, I don't know if it's like the biggest or I don't know how to quantify obstacles necessarily all the time. Cause sometimes I think the bigger the obstacle, the easier it is to sort of work through it. It's sometimes the more sort of nuanced yeah. obstacles or thorns that are they're the ones that just keep yeah. like that really drag you down. Just snag you every time. And you're like, what is the going on here? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I, one of the things I'm definitely up against right now is that, you know, I only have so much capacity as a, person to do all the things that I'm doing and I, mm. I have this, this sort of I guess blessing and a curse of sort of you know I'm doing you know a, a, a professional drone uh, videography and photography business so that means sometimes doing super creative interesting things and sometimes it means taking direction from asshole directors and mm -hmm. DPs that don't know what the hell they want and they just want to give conflicting information to somebody under pressure when it's like 95 degrees outside uh -huh. and yeah, whatever. Just these really dumb situations that I get into for money. Um, but but, right. then, but then there's also sort of like the so there's all facets of like sort of this this uh, kind of drone piece. Uh, you know, really trying to use dedicate time to doing that more uh, to evolve the language of image making and a lot of these things that I feel like Ooh, are I like important. That. I like that sentence. Um, <laughs> put that in a grant, uh, and that's, so that's complete. That's is grant that, language, that's, man. Is that grant that is good grant words. All right. <laughs> That'll get you a date with a grant. Evolve. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna look that up. So um, <laughs> listen back later and write that down. Uh, yeah. So and then uh, anyway. So there's that. But then there's also you know I'm doing some music scoring for a film, or I'm doing you know my own. Uh, pursuits in those ways or you know other things I just have a lot of different things going on but I'm fine with that I've always had that I like finding ways to sort of harmoniously sort of let those things feed each other but where the challenge is I think is with capacity um, and I think that uh, you know when I get to the point where uh, there's two two sort of problems one is like it's, you know freelance work is feast or famine like everything's just jamming and you're stacked up and you don't have enough horsepower to get through these things and you press through and you get them done. And then, but you know, you put your head down and you get it done. And then by the time you pick your head back up and those things are done, it's kind of like crickets because you haven't been doing any like business development or creating yeah. opportunities or whatever. So right. I, think, I think that's one of my challenges or obstacles is not necessarily about the creative part, but just creating the, um, you know, I think that kind of speaks to some of the sustainable kind of pieces that you're talking about. Cause it's not just about like, I just need to make more money. Yeah, it's just no. about like finding a way to sort of have the flow of the, right. the ebb of the tides sure. of the work be a little bit less, uh, sort of full on and full yeah. off. Um, right. Not, not to say that's exactly what it is, but it just kind of sometimes can feel like that. Right. I mean, it's a really weird thing to be burning on deadlines and then all of a sudden wake up the next day and, uh, you know, or a couple of days later and you're like, 
I don't have anything scheduled. I got like, no money yeah, coming right, in yeah, for the like, next what is it, until yeah. this thing or that thing that's yeah. way down the road or whatever it is. Yeah. So you know, I've been in that situation, man. And it's, yeah, it's, and me too. Like yeah. when, I was, when I was producing records and making records, you know, I, I would go full in like 16, 18 hour days for two or three weeks at a time. Yeah. And then, but you know, and you have to, it's a, it's a, you know, producing records and making records is something where you're just so immersed. You're in a studio, you're in a bubble yeah. and you have to sort of allow yourself to be in that zone because that's how you're giving your all to the, to the project. And so nothing was it more, takes so much attention. Yeah. Nothing was more insular and bizarre than producing records for a living, um, in that way. So I'm less sort of held to that now, but I'm, I'm familiar with sort of that, um, dichotomy or that sort of challenge or whatever that problem is but I think that the other companion piece to this sort of obstacle is you know I've got people that are very interested in sort of like hey I just want to help out hey I just want to work with you or hey I just want an opportunity to learn some things or you know like I'm not saying like exploitative intern bullshit but like but I have a, I have a struggle trying to find ways to because as soon as I, I say oh I've got some free time for a minute here let me build some more you know, now I can work on my stock library or these other passive income streams or these other things. And then by the time I turn my attention to that, then something else comes in and it's like, shit, that's gotta be my full attention back over here. Right. So I would love to have sort of like a background operation running. That's like, you know, a person or two people that are sort of, uh, vested in some way, you know, but yeah. like, um, Yes, yeah, so in, in, in a in a, a, a in a mutually beneficial situation. I'm not saying yeah. you know, but um, you're talking about an anarchist collective. <laughs> yeah, yes, or a cult. Yeah, um, exactly. So I would say that's probably my biggest obstacle right now. Is Fingers sort of like, crossed. It's weird. It's weird to feel like, man, I need to manage my bandwidth and have more capacity. But when you're when the sort of circuitry that you're connected to is is made of this on-off switch of demand that mm-hmm. just sort of shudders you know, uh, and trying to find a way to have that be rhythmic and feel peaceful and a little bit more sort of, uh, bell curves to that sort of binary, um, you know, would be, would be good. Um, and I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't really know if that's possible or whatever. Um, you know, it seems like you're just either madly surfing from one thing to the next and just trying to hang on for dear life or timing of things just opens up and then, you know, so I I would say that's my obstacle is just how do I get, um, how do I avail myself to have more productivity or Mm. foot broaden my footprint a little bit without, because the other part of that challenge is like, I never feel like I, like I'm usually, uh, most of the time I'm hustling wildly. And so to, to take the time to stop, to like sort of not train somebody, but to sort of orient somebody to yeah. something or just like, that's going to take a, a half a day or a day. And even that, when you're just a soul, yeah. you know, uh, person, yeah. that feels like a, a lot, especially for an unknown outcome, yeah. you know, or whatever, like, uh, so that, that is, something I'm, I'm working through right now, you know, and you, think, yeah. and you think about like, I'm sure that, I mean, you think about these artists that are manufacturer type artists like Jeff Koons or somebody like that, you mm-hmm. know, like where it's just, they just have a sweatshop of like hungry interns or whatever the fuck it is they're doing to make whatever blown up balloon looking things they put on top of the Met. Yeah. Sorry. You just got my opinion about Jeff Koons. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Jeff Koons is, Jeff Koons is great, but I, I mean, I know people that actually worked for him. Um, something gets lost, you know, the, the more you have like a staff, the more yeah. that you have this kind of, 
well, we're taking orders now effectively for my art in this way. And right. I don't know, just. Well, there's also too, I think you and I both have a certain, you know, I don't, I don't, don't, I won't even speak for you about it, but like, I would say for myself, it's like part of, you know, I, I've talked about this before that, that really I've, I've realized that like, you know, it's not so much about what you're making, but it's about like how you make it and how you make your art is informed by the values that, that you value. And you know what I mean? And for me, one of the things, one of the things is like, I like my deep presence in my work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be lost in my work. You know what I the mean? The experience of it is the joy of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and I want to be it sucks or if it's hard or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's, that's why I do it. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, you know, so, so the idea of, like you say, getting to a point where it's like, well, kind of somebody else is doing it, but yeah. I sign it and I paint a couple of lines on it and then it's official, you know, that wouldn't, I, I, you no. know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working on, you know, making the work and yeah. doing whatever to, you know, trying to, you know, find these various ways to grow the practice and sustain itself so that I can continue to be in the middle of the work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's and that's it. Yeah, so like for me, you know, people say, well, why don't you hire, you know, another drone pilot, you know, to go do those gigs that are, you know, kind of these real estate gigs or oh, I know, see. things that are maybe not so artistic or or Yeah, you'd like subcontract those gigs to somebody Subcontract those things out or whatever, you know, so when people come to you, they you can still stand behind it, but you're basically getting somebody else to go do that stuff that, you know, more so kind of like a, you know, in quotations, kind of like anybody could do. I mean, there's levels to this. There's levels to this game. There's levels to this game. There's levels to this game. But, uh, but the, the, um, but the thing is, is that, uh, I like doing the like more mundane pieces because then I can, uh, learn from like the the idiosyncratic sort of like more painful things that like in these situations that I don't give a fuck about but like I can figure out skills or tricks or tweaks or you know whatever I I always end up picking up something where I'm like I would have never yeah figured that out had I not been forced to being in this like sort of situation where I had to, to deliver something that I is not core or central to yeah. what my sort of entire vision or thought or whatever is about. It's, right. not, like, it's not my ultimate creative stuff, but man, going through those exercises uh, and being put through some pain that you would ever not, other, not otherwise have yeah. is super helpful. So that's why I don't want to give up a lot of those things either right now. Plus also I just, you talked about like administrative things like that's that is the bane of my existence I hate Mm -hmm. that shit yeah and so the more you're just bringing people in the more you're just sort of like hey did you get that done is this person happy like yeah 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 it's rough and I think too it's like one of those things it's it's a weird thing you know it's it's something that on some level I've I've learned that I I can do those things successfully and at the same time, it's just not something that, that comes naturally. You know what I mean? It's something that I've had to really sort of, you know, grind down and, and learn. And it's, you know, it's it's like I don't get up and jump out of bed. It's like I've got to go, okay, Joe, you're going to open up that web page and you're going to stay there for the next 20 minutes and you're not going to go open up 
a fucking bubble water or go look at a different website or look at your phone or, you know, go check the mail. You're not going to do any of that shit. You're just going to stay here and do another 20 minutes on this. And you're going to like it. And you're just going to get it done. But I've got to sort of like chain myself to it and stay there and do it. Or, yeah. or cause I can't, I don't, I can't want to do it cause I don't want to do it. No but way. I do know that I want to be on the other side of it and I can't get there without going through it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you see people all the time also feel, feeling like um, that there's you know, that sort of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. kind of a thing where, you know, I think anybody that's sort of pursuant to something has these feelings from time to time of like, you know, when, when am I going to sort of arrive? Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I'm not going to feel like I'm real. Mm-hmm. And I just wish that people would let that shit go. It's so like, there should just be nothing to do with like identity has nothing to do with, I don't know, like the, it's just that's based on some vanity concept or something yeah it's like capitalism I think is the big thing it's just like a thing of like oh if you're not if you're not making a bunch of money and and getting a bunch of attention then somehow you're not it's not successful and it's like well that has nothing to do with whether your art's good or not you know what I mean never never has I mean look at you know my friend Vincent Van Gogh he was he nobody gave a shit about him <laughs> There's a new uh, Julian Schnabel movie about him starring Willem Dafoe as Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> I wish that I was Van Gogh right now because I'd have one less ear to hear this <laughs> yeah. songwriting that's Good going segue. on next to me. Yeah, it sounds like like Chris Cornell's like like deaf cousin is down there. <laughs> <laughs> All respect to yeah. burgeoning and uh, God bless people them. that are trying. And hey, I not probably to, sounded like that. Well, here's then. the thing: if you live in Nashville, if you're not bitter about <laughs> like songwriters, I, I literally am that guy, and I can't take this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so, all right. Well, I think we should probably look at wrapping this up. But hey, I just want to thank everybody for allowing us to sort of do a second season and and feel like it's being heard. It's cool. We like it. Yeah. And yeah. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, for sharing and uh, and you know, like I said too, if you guys you know follow us on our social media and all that stuff and and definitely interact with us there because because we we'd love to have more input about the show and uh you know to to uh to feature your questions or or to you know take suggestions for guests and stuff but uh but we're definitely going to just keep on rolling here so season three will be be coming at you pretty soon yeah and we've already got a a good lineup of awesome sort of slated for that um Mm -hmm. and more to come so if you have anybody you want especially to hear on yeah. on this thing then please give us a shout I'll tell you um, people if you're in Nashville um, we've got Brandon Donahue scheduled to come in here uh, early October and Brandon has a great show right now at David Lusk and I have a review about that show coming out at burnaway.org and I think it'll, it might even be up by now by tonight but I think before the weekend it'll be up so by the time you hear this podcast check out burnaway.org if you want to read my review about Brandon's show at Lusk that sounds awesome and then we'll talk to him and Burnaway is no joke. The fact that you can write really great shit for Burnaway is really cool. Mm, thank you. Um, I like it. They, we've, we've had a change of the guard with the editor there, and uh, I'm really excited about, like, you know, sort of getting getting a new... Reinvigorated? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. feels like, yeah, our old... Not out our, of spite. Yeah, no, no, no. Our old our old, um, <laughs> our old uh, editor, Stephanie, was, was awesome. I worked with her for years, but she's gone on to bigger and better things. And now Logan Lochner, who's been the assistant there for a while, is... He's the interim and hopefully the new permanent editor. So I, I, I love writing with him. That's awesome. 
Um, all right, so I guess we'll just wrap it up, but thanks again. Second season, pretty awesome, and we're just going to keep pressing this thing on. Um, and again, anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast. Um, you can fucking give us 99 cents, you mother... No, <laughs> yeah. Or use that voicemail option, like you say, and because talk to us. If we, if we don't have like four dollars a month coming in on this thing soon we're gonna just purposefully downgrade the audio out of yeah. spite how can we afford this whiskey and uh <laughs> and uh and pepperoni sticks if we don't get a little cash y'all <laughs> no but <laughs> not necessary at all and it sucks to even sort of bring that kind of thing up but i just feel like we're ready for sort of an energy exchange because we feel like we've been kind of putting it out for a while and not saying anything yeah. no uh, no i feel like we've, feels we've, good. we've we've created a real thing here we're not we're not just coming out of the gate saying we got a weird idea and you should pay yeah. for it and if you don't think we've created a real thing then please send us your comments about how it's not real Um, and we will um, we'll break down all four or five dimensions of reality we'll spin it we'll figure out let's figure out what's going on that's one of my favorite conspiracy podcasts says the tinfoil is real (laughs) (laughs) well all right. cheers again cheers Uh, good job Joe good job Brian You're, you're my sensei Good job, Georgia. Thanks for the question. Yeah. And um, sorry, if, uh, we didn't answer the questions that had to do with, um, whether it's one that was like, why was I set on fire as a child? Mm-hmm. That's a lot. We didn't get to that. That'll be, that'll be the next episode. And then there was another one that said, uh, why, or something about why is it that people with personality disorders are those, are the ones that are obsessed with rescuing animals. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Something. Um, so all very valid, interesting thoughts, but uh, we just kind of skip past those and kind of try to stay within our little framework, our little wheelhouse here. But um, but again, uh, everyone, thanks so much for everything and um, stick with us and, you know, maybe even get crazy, spread the word, um, be proud of it get with crazy, us, y'all. you know? Be proud, and, y'all. Um, let's make some shit. All right. We're out. Hey guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone